0: Previously on the Black and Blue Report.
1: My partner is ready to go. He joins us via the telephone this morning after the Saints defeated the Cowboys 26-20 in overtime. Surely he's had maybe one or two hours of sleep. But here, my friends is John DeShazer.
0: I was extremely encouraged with the rookies. I'm um, half
1: with a sack, uh, Tyler Davidson with a sack. And so, you know, you're getting some some good play and some good snaps out of your rookies. I welcome in our good friend from the NFL Network, Steve Weich. Of course, he'll be on later this afternoon with the smartest breakdown of the NFL weekend. We'll take the second smartest by having him here on our little podcast. Steve, good morning. Even though it's early, and I always like to say it's early, what's going on in Atlanta and Carolina right now is very much for real, and the Saints have got to start chipping that into play.
0: Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson.
2: What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson filling in for Sean Kelly, as I always do. On Tuesday, Sean has a much-deserved day off, and I hope your Tuesday is off to a great start, and thanks for making us a part of your day. How many of you watched that Monday Night Football game last night? What a finish in Seattle. Seattle edges out the Lions 13-10. to Controversy at the end, and I was uh, one of the many people that didn't even realize what had happened where uh, the player for Seattle batted the ball out of bounds in the end zone after Cam Chancellor forced that fumble on Calvin Johnson. Turns out that's an illegal play, and Detroit should have gotten the ball back. But nonetheless, Seattle survives, improves the two and two, and Detroit is now the only team in the NFL without a win. So a great ending to the NFL week as far as the uh, fun to watch, I would say. Not fun for Detroit Lions fans, fun for Seattle Seahawks fans. But of course, uh, with the Saints winning on Sunday night, it was just nice to you know kick back and relax, watch some Monday Night Football, and not worry about the outcome. Of the game, the Saints are off today as they usually are on Tuesdays. But of course, we're not off from talking about fantasy football, as most of you are waking up, looking at your team, and either going, "All right, another win for me," or waking up going, "Man, another loss for me." But don't worry, as always, we'll have Jake Seely on from RotoExperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. He'll be here to help you uh, with your lineups, waiver wire pickups. Uh, we have some. We'll talk about the Texans running back situation, the Colts and some uh, running backs that raised their fantasy stock, and also about the Saints. You know, C.J. Spiller on the rise, who to play against Philly. We'll have all that for you. And I'm telling you about his waiver wire pickups, I picked up one of the guys that he mentioned last week, which was Alan Hearns from Jacksonville. Ended up going over 100 yards and a touchdown. So pay attention to what Jake says about these waiver wire pickups. He uh, does this for a living, and there's a reason why he does it. So we'll have Jake on to talk about Uh, fantasy football and then we'll turn our attention to basketball pelicans are back in training camp today 10 to 12 is their practice time so if you're listening to this right now practice is over again you can watch all interviews on pelicans.com and the pelicans mobile app and of course be on the lookout for jim eikenhoffer's work on pelicans.com but we're still going to talk some pelicans today Um, at training camp last friday before the team headed to indianapolis sean kelly caught up with jeff zilgit excuse me from USA Today. So, a great interview with him. He kind of talks about the Pelicans and the preview of the season, and then talks about some of the other teams around the league. So, kind of already a mini preview of the season with Jeff Ziljit from USA Today. He has some great stuff on there. So, we'll have some basketball talk for you, some fantasy football talk, and um, that'll be it for this Tuesday show. So, a great show for you. I don't want to keep you anymore from hearing the interviews. So, when we come back, Get ready, get your mouse ready for some waiver wire pickups. Jake Seeley from RotoRexports.com joins us on the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
0: The Pelicans Pick Six plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, Each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit Pelicans.com to score your Pick 6 plan today.
1: the Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale 12 game packages including the ever popular weekend plan allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199 don't miss your chance to see NBA all star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA including LeBron James, Steph Curry Kobe Bryant and more visit pelicans.com or call 525 hoop and score your seats today
0: We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
2: Welcome back to the show. It's Tuesday, which means it's time to talk fantasy football. And Of course, we always have Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, part of our Fantasy Focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, uh, good to have you on on this Tuesday.
4: Yeah, hopefully everybody had a better week four than they did week three. A lot of people seemed upset with me.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of tough. Maybe they just take their frustrations out on you, but it's it's more them to blame. You know, it's it's always the tough of who to start, who to sit. I know people that have uh, Devontae Freeman are pretty happy on this uh, Tuesday morning.
4: Oh, they definitely have to be uh, at two weeks in a row, and I don't think anybody was expecting. No, uh, put it this way. Nobody was saying come week four that Devontae Freeman was going to be the best running back in
2: fantasy Nope, nope, definitely not. Um, That brings me to my first point. We talk about some running backs that have uh, had some good weeks, including Devontae Freeman. Um, Which running backs have raised their fantasy stock the last couple weeks, maybe besides Freeman? I think that's the obvious.
4: Yeah, well, Freeman is the obvious. Uh, You would have said Randall until the second half of the Cowboys. I think to say real quickly on the other side, that's one that you have to be a little bit concerned with because he didn't get many carries in the second half. Uh, It was all Darren McFadden, so... After that, I would say, you know, Matt Forte is a, a nice one because a lot of people were speculating that he would fall off this year because of the offense, but you say Mark Ingram from the Saints is an obvious stick. Uh, he continued what he started late last year and has been rolling along as a focal point of that offense so far. You have to love what he's doing. The two bigger names that I think you have to throw out there is Davies Murray is looking like a real RB one. He's legitimate. Uh, all the concerns about him being able to handle a full workload or out the window, he's looking somebody that's going to finish as a top 10 running back this year, and there's no question in my mind that if you have him, you're, you're fortunate. If anybody's still doubting him, I would go get him in a trade because there's terrific value there. And then Chris Ivory, you know, we've known the concerns with him in the past of being able to stay healthy, but when he's been on that field, as we just saw in week four after missing week three, is he can put up some huge numbers as long as he stays healthy, and that's always been the biggest issue, now he's on a buy this week, so hopefully he'll continue to be 100%. And I think that Chris Ivory and Latavius Murray are both like uh, at least RB1 this season. And I'll actually throw one more out there real quick. More so, this isn't that he, he stepped forward as in we weren't expecting this, but now that Todd Gurley is back, if you miss out on your chance to draft him, stash him, and wait, uh, maybe try to get him in a trade. Actually, over on Roto Experts, I wrote the, the Todd Gurley trade line today, and I said mm-hmm. there's only 16 players I wouldn't trade for him. If you can still get him, get him now. He will be an RB1 for the rest of the season. He is that talented.
2: Good to know. I'll have to check that out. Um, another team I want to look out for is the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, Andrew Luck did not play. I'm thinking that's more so he can play on this Thursday against the Texans. But for his case, he's been struggling a little bit this season. How does that uh, affect the players around him, like Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, T.Y. Hill? And does that, has that been hurting their uh, fantasy value?
4: Yeah, I think that you have to look at it. Thursday night's nice not even a guarantee right now. Frank right. Gore is probably the least hurt by it just because he's still going to get their running game going uh, a little bit probably you say red zone opportunities maybe they are not scoring as much it's going to hurt him but he'll probably be the one that I'm least concerned about the rest I'm concerned about all of them if he's out again uh, definitely you have to knock everybody down I, I moved T.Y. Hill to wide receiver two uh, Dante Moncrief to wide receiver three last week and Moncrief did have a good game but I don't think you can count on a guaranteed week every single week like you would with luck at quarterback if you have Hasselback out there nothing against Hasselback at this point was 40 years old at this point yeah. it's not it's they, they weren't counting on Hasselback having to play ever mm-hmm. Andre Johnson I think is the biggest one is no matter who's that quarterback is things just aren't clicking for him he is Moncrief has passed him so and then you move over to the tight ends is we talk about it's frustrating because you never know who's going to produce in a given week well you know you say last week look pretty good for the fact that Dwayne Allen didn't do a whole lot coming off the injury. But can you guarantee Fleener or Allen's going to be productive with Hasselbeck and quarterback again? So I think, you, yes, you have to say that it hurts everybody around him if he's not 100% for the rest of the year, which it sounds like could be a possibility, or if Hasselbeck's out there. Uh, if you can get your pre-draft value for any of these guys, obviously not Andre Johnson, but T.Y. Hilton, either tight ends, even Gore at this point, I would consider trading any of them.
2: Good to know. On the other side of that game on Thursday night, Colts and Texans. What about the Texans running back situation? Aaron Foster comes back. Doesn't look that great. Um, how do you balance Aaron Foster and Alfred Blue right now?
4: Uh, I'm all in on Aaron Foster. As I was look, that, that was the one game to get him back and rolling. If he did it, we have a, Jason Braddock who covers the Texans a lot, and he uh, does stuff for us too. He was saying that they were ready to put him out there for ten touches. If he was looking great and rolling along, they were going to keep the, t- the touches going. If not, you know, they were just basically getting him warmed up for Thursday night. So I don't have any concerns about it. Again, you said, yeah, he didn't look a hundred percent. He didn't look extremely quick. It looked a little slow at times. But again, he's coming off an injury, mm-hmm. and I don't think they would have put him out there risk anything, especially with a short week, if they weren't confident that he was fine, at least health wise. So. That's more of, I think, Foster might have had in the back of his mind that he didn't want to hurt himself or re-aggravate the injury. So I'm, I'm 100%. I believe in him. I have him as a top-five running back for the rest of the way because as long as Foster is healthy, he is a monster in fantasy. Uh, he will be seeing 20-plus touches a game, and Alfred Blue is now an afterthought, in my opinion.
2: So this is why we talk to you for overreactions and things like that, to kind of talk people <laughs> off of it. So that's why we have you on. Um Let's talk about waiver wire pickups. Uh, always Tuesday is a big day for people like yourself to go through the waiver wire. Name two or three guys worth picking up this week.
4: Yeah, I already talked about Darren McFadden. A lot of people don't own him. A lot of people dropped him in their leagues. I would scoop him up just on the off chance that we saw what happened with Dunbar is now out for the season. On the off chance is not only that he's more involved in the passing game because he's a good pass catcher still, but as I mentioned, the coaching staff, there was rumors. Of course, we don't know if it's 100% true, but they weren't supposedly happy with Randall extending the ball at the goal line, and that's why he didn't play much in the second half because it's been an issue. Either way you put it, he didn't play much in the second right. half, so you have to take a flyer on Darren McFadden just in case. Uh, you be looking at at least a flex running back if he's getting a decent amount of carries. Sticking at running back, uh, I would go back, we talked about him last week, with just a reminder for everybody because he was on a bye as Antonio Andrews looked good for Tennessee before the buy. Bishop Sankey hasn't done a whole lot again this year. Uh, we know Ken wasn't on like, the mix of matches. He's basically as frustrating as Bill Belichick most weeks when it comes to who he's going to trust at running back. But I would take a flyer on him if you're in a deeper league or looking for that, you know, that kind of boost to hopefully somebody breaks out running back for you. And then at wide receiver, I'm going over, I mentioned Crabtree and Hearns last week. I would still absolutely pick them up if they're available, but Another one who's not getting respect, even though Victor Cruz hasn't come back, is Ruben Randall. Cruz is you know, out again for more weeks because he had a setback. And Ruben Randall, two weeks in a row, has found the end zone. He's getting a lot of targets. He's the number two on the team, which is the argument I made for Crabtree and Hearns last week with you. Uh, you have to like his potential. And I'm not saying start him every single week, but you, if you're number two wide receiver on a team, you have to be on the
0: fantasy.
2: I agree, and uh, I picked the Alan Hearns, like you said, and he did wonders for me this week. So this is why I also... (laughs) I'm sure you love that one. I I definitely did. Uh, I'm a little selfish when it comes to this. I ask you questions based on my teams. I'm just kidding. But uh, (laughs) let's talk about the Saints a little bit. Um, Got on the board with a win over the Cowboys, now 1-3, but um, some things that caught my eye. Spiller, uh, CJ Spiller, they talked about getting in more touches, obviously the big play in overtime, but also... Uh, things that worry me a little bit is uh, Brandon Cooks, who a lot of people thought would be a breakout star. Um, Who to play against Philly is my first question. And then um, is Spiller on the rise and there are, there are concerns for Cooks? So I guess I have a, a three-in-one question for you. <laughs>
4: yeah, three-in-one. I will say is there's plenty of options to use this week. Obviously, Drew Brees is a must-start. Mark mm-hmm. Ingram, must-start. I think we can say that every single week. Right. But uh, I'll kind of tackle the wide receivers who to start. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I got a little choked up there. <laughs> who to start and uh, who to, you know, what to do about Brandon Cooks at the same time is I would still start Brandon Cooks. I would even start Willie Sneed in a decent amount of leagues because not only has Sneed taken over from Brandon Coleman, which was what we were talking about a few weeks ago, as they were kind of mixing match in there, Sneed now saw he saw more snaps by I think it was one or two over Colston last week. So he's really starting to get involved yeah, he's actually, you know, to go back to waiver real quick, you got to pick him up, too, if you haven't and got him in your league. He is a must-own. And I would consider starting him because of the opportunity he's getting. We're talking about a Drew Brees offense. We're talking about the Saints. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're the number two wide receiver, let alone on the Saints, you have to be owned. You have to be starting in a lot of fancy leagues. I'm not too worried about Cooks yet. The biggest concern with him is that he's not built to be a number one receiver in that Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, you know, A.J. Green. He's, he's not built like that, but that's because that's not his skill set. Mm-hmm. So if the Saints could get back to using the kind of they did last year before he got hurt, I think that huge game is going to happen. It's going to come. So a lot of people are panicking. I would buy low on him. I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one. I never really even thought that. I thought he had wide receiver one potential PPR leagues, but they just haven't utilized them in that fashion yet. So, Goodbye, low. There is promise for him. Uh, I would definitely look to get him if you could. But again, keep in mind, he's probably a wide receiver, too, in PPR leagues. And he'll have some inconsistencies depending on how defenses play him, because if they you know, force him into that long ball game, that's not his skill set. And as for Spiller, obviously, we talked about what just happened in the last game. He is now probably a must start in PPR leagues. I would say at least a flex play in standard, too, because we had already considered the fact that the Saints were talking about getting him more involved. And I think he proved he should definitely be more involved. Again, more value PPR, but you're looking at a team in the Eagles that just gave up over 100 rushing yards to Alfred Morris and Chris Thompson combined. Uh, haven't been very good at stopping a lot of teams. I think there's plenty of upside here for both of them this week. I said Mark Ingram's a must start. I'd have a hard time not starting Spiller in my league. It depends on how deep you are at running back because obviously you're stashing Spiller to this point, but he's definitely warranted that consideration. And for the fact of how much he did off just a few touches last week, and he gets more involved, uh, I love Spiller going forward. So, uh, another great play. I, I think that you have at least five or six Saints that you should be starting in most of your leagues this week.
2: It's good stuff, as always, from Jake Seely from rotoexperts.com, part of our fantasy focus presented by Xbox One. Jake, I'll let you get back to checking your 13 plus teams, and uh, we'll talk to you next Tuesday.
4: Yeah, I guess. But I got to hire an intern to do waivers for me.
2: There you go. That would be a great idea. That's a great idea. (laughs) I might apply for that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, Jake. I appreciate it. Hey,
4: I'll let you take the job. No problem.
2: Okay, cool. We'll talk. (laughs) Jake Seeley again from MotoExperts.com. Jake, we'll talk to you next Tuesday.
4: All right. Sounds good.
2: All right. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to Pelicans basketball and hear from Jeff Zildjit from USA Today. Stay with us.
0: Spend less time buffering and more time watching movies or sports on multiple devices with the fastest internet in town, Cox High Speed Internet. Catch the hottest action on the court. Cox delivers the most popular basketball games this season on TV, online, and on your mobile device. Learn more at cox.com. Cox, official partner of the New Orleans Pelicans. Fastest claim based upon maximum download speeds of Cox Ultimate 150 megabits residential service versus AT&T's fastest advertised download speeds in Cox service area. Cable modem required. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose.
4: Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile, or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new nutty super grain vegan smoothie. Made with almond milk, some warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King smoothies
2: with a purpose.
0: Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days.
2: All right, time to turn our attention to basketball as promised. Here is Sean Kelly's interview with Jeff Zilgit from USA Today.
1: Jeff was not a kid ourselves this is a pretty exciting time of year if you're an NBA guy.
5: Oh it's absolutely the best and maybe not quite as much optimism as maybe a baseball team spring training where you know that hope springs eternal mm-hmm. but you, you do have lots of optimism and for lots of teams there's reason for that whether it's offseason changes, draft picks uh, what they did the previous season bringing back basically the same roster there are lots of teams around the league and you see it in the Western Conference especially there were some very good teams that didn't even make the playoffs in the West, and they have reason to believe that they can be able to do it this
1: year. I, I keep thinking at some point it's not going to be as scary as it's been the last couple of years. All it does is get worse <laughs> as far as the fright factor of the the Western Conference.
5: And no, you, you look at it, and, and, and let's – take Portland out of the equation, because when you lose four or five starters, that's difficult. But even a team like Dallas, where you're like, when maybe are they going to have a drop-off? And it doesn't seem like it's going to be a demonstrable drop-off for them just yet. Mm -hmm. And you take Oklahoma City, which is, you, you know, Not only having a healthy Westbrook and Durant, at least we think, for the entire season, is that they are going to be fired up, (laughs) you know. Not only to get back in the playoffs, this is a team that wants to get back to the Western Conference Finals, wants to get back to the NBA Finals, which, you know, when we think about it, a few years ago we thought maybe that was going to be a regular occurrence for them. It didn't turn out that way, but that taste of it, maybe even a little bit as the Pelicans tasted the playoffs, you want more. Mm -hmm. And so you, you look at it that way. We saw at the maybe the second half of the season what the Utah Jazz were able to do. And, you know, we saw that they started out in a way that they weren't going to be able to make the playoffs. But that second half of the season, what they did defensively was as good as any team in the league. And they're a little more experienced. And so
1: they think they can have a shot at one of those playoff spots, too. You, you mentioned Portland as a potential sinker for obvious reasons. You mentioned Utah as a uh, possible riser. Uh, anybody else that you want to stick in those two categories, west or east right now?
5: In the Eastern Conference, I'm really interested to see how the Milwaukee Bucks go. They they had that maybe, I think, a 17-game uh, on the positive side increase a year ago to get to 41-41. They have Jabari Parker coming back, and even though he was limited in terms of amount of games last year because of injury, what he did at the start of the season made me think that he was going to be right there with Andrew Wiggins as a Rookie of the Year candidate. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that roster what Jason Kidd and the general manager, John Hammond, are putting together, a lengthy roster. Sometimes when I'm watching this open scrimmage with the Pelicans, I see some of that length as well. Guys who can, you know, not everyone's going to be able to guard a, a five, but there are so many guys who can do one through three or one through four or two through four, one through three. There's so much versatility in the league, and I'm really interested to see what the Bucs um, can do with that. I'm also interested with the, in the East, again, the Miami Heat. And, you know, how much they can go with, again, injuries bothered them. But if you have a healthy Bosch, healthy Wade, healthy Whiteside throughout the entire season, you know, that's a team I think can finish in the top four in the Eastern Conference. Now, we just had this discussion that the East, maybe not as good as the West, but, you know, that does allow a team like Miami and Milwaukee to be able to jump up there. The one team I'm also interested in the East to watch in terms of maybe a team that could slip a little bit, and it doesn't mean they're going to have a bad season, but based on winning 60 games last year, the Atlanta Hawks set just an incredible bar. They lose Damari Carroll who is, you know, not only was a very good defender, he turned into one of their best offensive players in the playoffs, and they do not have Tabo Cephalosha to start the season because of his incident that happened in New York, and they lose Pero Antich um, to go back overseas and play, and so all of a sudden that's a team where I, I know they like to think that they have talent. I think they're still going to be a good team. I don't know if getting to 60 wins is going to happen. I mean, I'm not sure they're going to I don't even know if they can hit 50 – and you're going to look at that and think it's a disappointing season for them to go maybe from 60 to 48, 49 wins, and yet I still think they can be a good team, maybe just not as good as they were
1: a year ago. Well, that's a good point. You know, I didn't think about that. And so much of their success last year was a real chemistry thing. That that group clicked in a certain way that I I think you're right. I think removal of a piece or two may be more disruptive than, than one might think.
5: And, again, I think it's going to be tough, too, because even though they didn't win the – they didn't go to the NBA Finals – that teams are going to be coming after them. I don't think they had that worry for a long stretch last year. And I know you'll get varying opinions on this, but they were a team that peaked way too soon. You know, at one point, what were they, 37-8, and and 37-9? That's a winning percentage that you can't maintain uh, for an entire season. And and then you get to the end of the year, and again, they had their injuries um, as well to deal with in the playoffs, but that's one team in the East that you you look at, it's going to be hard for them to get there again.
1: Jeff, I'm too close to it, so I can't temper my enthusiasm or excitement about the Pelicans, yeah. but step away for me, be more objective, and give me your thoughts or maybe what the the country is thinking about what New Orleans may look like this year.
5: Well, it really starts with Anthony Davis, and, and I know I, I was just talking to Alvin Gentry, and he, he's got an up-close view of it last season that no team wins a championship with one person. With Golden State, it just wasn't Steph Curry. You know, they had other pieces. However, there's no doubt it's going to start with Anthony Davis here. And when you look at that, however you want to look at it and what he does this year, obviously MVP candidate and recognized as right now one of the top three players in the league. And so that alone is worthy of excitement. And then you're going to take it a step further, and you start to see this up close and personal last year as they started to try to add depth Mm -hmm. to the team. And, again, if they're healthy, you know, if you have Drew Holiday – you know, for a full season and you add Norris Cole, you know, well, all right, those two can play sometimes together, but play off each other a little bit. One gets some rest. And and so that's the thing that, you know, when you look at what general manager Dell Demps tried to do was add that depth. And I think, and I was talking to Dell about this, is if you look at some of the teams who have some success, and maybe Utah might be an example is, all right, you have a good starting five. But that doesn't carry you deep into the playoffs. You need that 7th, 8th, ninth guy because of injuries. Sometimes you might even need to go 10 deep right. because of injuries or the way the schedule breaks. And so that's what I'm really interested to see. I, I really love the way Alvin Gentry wants to play right now. You noticed it, mm-hmm. 18 seconds on the shot clock uh, during the open scrimmage. Um, just to get them used to getting the ball up the court, getting a shot off quickly, keeping the defense on their heels. So beyond, they're going to be a fun team to watch with Eric Gordon. You know he can shoot from the three, having Drew Holiday. I thought Ryan Anderson looked really well, Mm -hmm. starting to find, uh, You know, not that he ever lost his shot, but feeling maybe a little bit more confident with it. So it's a a team that's going to be fun to watch. But then you listen to whether it's players, uh, Dell, who were here a year ago that simply getting to the playoffs is no longer good enough. And you need that edge, that hunger, however you want to look at it, that we need to win a series. And if we can win a series, you know, let's try to win the next one. And so you 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 know asked a little bit, and I spend most of my time on the East Coast, is you know, the Washington Wizards, a team that was probably in a similar spot a few years ago. John Wall, Bradley Beal, and yet they're a team right now that seem to can't get out of the second round and and, you know I think it's frustrating for them that they they think they're better and yet they run into these situations and so that's the the step right now I see for New Orleans is not only win a playoff game win a playoff series and it seems like they you know got a taste of that not satisfied with simply getting there and I I think that's a nice edge to have
1: and have to do it in the west all right we'll see how it plays (laughs) out Jeff good to see you and our old friend Kevin Spain thanks for making the drive over from USA Today World Headquarters, this was an easy one. This is a layup, a three-hour drive for you to the Greenbrier.
5: <laughs> it, it was perfect out here, and, uh, you, you know, Kevin was looking forward to seeing some of his old New Orleans uh, uh, colleagues or people he associated with. So it, it worked out perfectly, and, it, you know, there's a, you, you know just a, a little bit of chitter-chatter. It wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you, you know, the Pelicans thought hard about coming here again next year and doing it. And, and I've said this, too, and I, I necessarily don't know how players feel about it and if you're already a close-knit team i don't know how much it helps but the idea that you know it can be a team building exercise you're not left to your own devices between two days you got to spend time with guys and get to
1: know them i think that can help as well Yep, lots of teams do it thanks safe travels this month we'll see you during the regular season perfect thanks a lot
2: thanks guys good stuff there from sean and jeff and uh, when we come back i'll wrap up this tuesday edition of the black and blue report
3: Healthcare with
0: peace of mind. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams.
2: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. About to wrap things up from Studio B. Good show today. Big thanks to Jake Seely from RotoExperts.com and Jeff Zilgit from USA Today. On tomorrow's show, we'll start the preview Eagles and Saints. Saints heads up to the city of brotherly love. Uh, for a Sunday afternoon matchup with the Eagles. Uh, Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com will join us to begin the preview. And, of course, since it is Wednesday and the season is here, another edition of Wesley Wednesday uh, will happen tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. So we'll talk some Pelicans again. We'll have some Saints stuff. And, of course, feel free to tweet us at BlackBlueReport, myself at D. Salerson or Sean Kelly at Sean Kelly Live. Uh, any guest you want to hear on the show we really appreciate it. and of course you can reach us you can listen to the show on pelicans.com norland saints.com both team mobile apps and of course you can hit the subscribe button on itunes and it'll be sent right to your mobile device or tablet every day so we appreciate however you listen to the show we really appreciate you doing so and thanks for making us a part of your tuesday and a part of every day when you listen that'll do it again for today's show and i hope you have a great rest of your tuesday And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salarson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans,
0: the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.